Hello and welcome again to another episode of Tales from a Very Minor Celebrity. Now, I know I said last week that you'd be hearing from the man from Uncles Robert Vaughan and Mike Farrell from MASH, the final two stars from another couple of programmes from my youth, but there's been a small change of plan due to a little celebration that our Queen is having at the moment. I've postponed that episode until next week now because as this is the Queen's Platinum Jubilee and the whole of the UK seems to have gone bunting mad and holding street parties and other royal celebrations, that I would look back at two occasions when I met two people very close to Her Majesty and both royal photographers. The first, Anthony Charles Robert Armstrong Jones, the first Earl of Snowdon, and the late Princess Margaret's former husband, and Lord Lichfield, the Queen's cousin, and an interview I did with him back in 2003. First, though, Lord Snowdon, and of course he was a very well-respected British photographer and filmmaker, and is best known for his portraits of world-famous people, many of them published in Vogue, Vanity Fair and other major publications. More than 100 of his photographs are in permanent collection of the National Portrait Gallery. From 1960 to 1978, he was married to the Princess Margaret, the sister of Queen Elizabeth II. I spent a very enjoyable day with him when I worked for a PR company in Fleet Street and these were the days when all the newspapers were still based there and I used to rub shoulders with some of the biggest names in journalism at the time, usually in Elvino's wine bar or queuing behind them in local sandwich shops at lunchtime. The PR company that I worked for had a number of high-profile clients. One of them was a big jewellers in Covent Garden, and they'd been asked to supply a million pounds worth of diamonds for a photo shoot at the Ritz Hotel. And being one of our clients, I was dispatched to pick up the jewels and take them to the hotel. I duly arrived and picked up the diamonds, expecting to be handcuffed to a black attaché case or similar, but instead was handed an old Sainsbury's bag with several boxes inside containing the jewels. I questioned the reason for using the plastic bag and was told that it was much better to use something like that rather than a case that obviously had something valuable inside. And as the assistant pointed out, I'd be travelling in a cab door-to-door, so I'd be very safe. Little did they know, though, that I was in fact going to be travelling on the tube so I could claim the taxi money back on expenses. And that's exactly what I did. Travelled on the tube with a million pounds worth of diamonds in an old Sainsbury's bag on my lap to the Ritz Hotel. And I must say I was pretty glad when the journey was over. Anyway, I arrived and was shown upstairs to a room where the two models booked for the shoot were being prepared and introduced to the photographer, Tony. It took me a moment or two to realise that Tony was in fact Lord Snowden, which my boss at the PR company had for some reason forgotten to inform me about. Anyway, Tony shook my hand and looked with fascination as I took the boxes out of the old Sainsbury's bag and gave them to one of the assistants dressing the two models. Champagne, Tony asked. I looked around and realised that he was actually speaking to me. Uh, uh, Yes, please, sir, I replied. Here you go. And he handed me a glass of pink champagne as we waited for the models to finish their preparations. Finally, all was ready and we walked downstairs into one of the restaurants where the shoot was to take place. The theme was how to look like a million dollars, hence the million pounds worth of diamonds. And I must say the two girls did look the part, even though Tony did complain that one of the girls' complexion 
did fall a little short of his expectations. I must say she looked pretty good to me, but he was looking at her through the lens of a very expensive camera and his professional photographer's eye. And by the way, the photographs appeared in Cosmopolitan a few months later, and they were stunning. Lord Snowden died peacefully at his home in Kensington on the 13th of January 2017, and he was aged 86. And his funeral took place on the 20th of January at Baglands Church in a remote village near Carnarvon, where he is buried in the family plot in the churchyard. Now to the first cousin once removed to the Queen, the 5th Earl of Lichfield, Patrick Lichfield, as he was known professionally, and like Lord Snowden, was often invited to photograph the royals. Some of his well-known photos include the Queen in an off-duty moment, laughing and relaxing aboard the Royal Yacht Britannia. A photograph of the reclusive Duke and Duchess of Windsor relaxed and smiling at the camera is also one of his best-known photos and was published in Vogue. As a member of the royal family, Litchfield connected with the royals in a way that other photographers perhaps couldn't. His photographs give a fascinating glimpse into the world of royalty. Many capture a much more relaxed style of how the royal family have been portrayed over the centuries. I spoke to him in 2003 when he was asked to shoot a calendar of some of the cast of the BBC casualty programme for children in need. And he not only took the photos, but had a cameo role in the programme as well. How did this differ from the ones that you've done before? Well, we're normally a crew of about 25 and we travel out and we stay in a hotel for three weeks and we find new and wonderful places to shoot and we all wow. get up at 3.30 in the morning and it's it's hard work but it's fun. And, yeah. and it, But you have long-legged pretty girls who are used to that sort of work and are highly paid to do it. In this instance, um, <clears throat> we had... Um, a studio in Bristol, two and a half days, uh, some extremely willing, attractive and enthusiastic members of the casualty cast who, uh, sadly for them, and indeed dauntingly for me, were required to wear clothes that were made really out of a meagre selection of props, which were consisted of 25 National Health, um, <laughs> National Health Service sheets, and then there was 20 spore bandages and about a dozen swabs, 200 safety pins, three nurses' watches, and a couple of x-rays. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is quite revealing. It's, it's certainly revealing in the sense that you see these characters in, in, uh, in, in poses and clothes in which you would not normally associate them. Yes. But it's, there's not an acre of naked flesh. I mean, some of them are, are scantily dressed, but um, decorously so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's tasteful. Oh, yes. it's Well, all my calendars are taste. Oh, I know, I know. But you are used to working with some of the most beautiful women in the world. Were you scraping the barrel with some of the cast? Not remotely. No? I mean, some, some, some people you would not normally have associated with a calendar shoot. I mean, Charlie from Casualty is not the sort of person you would have expected to find in a glamorous calendar shoot. But by the time we dressed him up as a Roman emperor, he... <laughs> <laughs> his head, head headdress was made entirely of x-rays um <clears throat> he looks quite different and and there are some some sort of glamorous let's say scantily dressed members of the cast mm. as well so there's mm. a little titillation there as well well it needs to sell so you need a bit of titillation don't you well it's for a terribly good cause it's yeah. for children in need and and all the money will go to that and and uh, that's i think 
one of the reasons we all felt so enthusiastic about doing it. Absolutely. And the other thing was that, that we really didn't have a clue what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not someone who I would um, picture sitting down in front of the television watching Casualty on a Saturday night. Do you? No, I have, well, not until then. Um, now, of course, I know the cast. Uh, it, it's difficult to tear me away. Really? Um, unless it's the World Cup, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, no it, it's it's fascinating. I, funnily enough, I, I years ago had to go and photograph Shula Archer's wedding from the Archers. Oh, yes. And once you've done that, you become completely hooked because... Um, you can put a face to the that's radio of course but yes, you can put yes. a face a face to the to the voices but in this case seeing these people acting their parts having met them first before i knew really what they did is is a double revelation what's the secret of a good calendar well there is a secret but how you achieve it is is altogether a different matter the, the secret is to produce something that will hang on a wall for 30 days without boring you yes um, most of the stuff we do is an ad that has to stop you turning a page in a magazine or, or something in an editorial line that's going to interest people. But a 30-day um, watchable picture is quite a different thing because you can't have anything that's too explosive or too uh, dramatic because it, it falls after a little time uh, and it can't be too boring or you wouldn't be interested, but it must, must have staying power. Lord Litchfield, who died a couple of years after this interview on the 10th of November 2005. He suffered a major stroke and died the following day at the John Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford, and he was only 66 years of age. Litchfield's funeral was held on the 21st of November at St Michael and All Angels Church, Colwich in Staffordshire, where he was buried in the family vault. Now, a little Brucey bonus for you. I have one more interview for you to listen to, and it's another royal. Ralph Little, who played the much downtrodden Anthony in the excellent BBC comedy The Royal Family. I know, I know, it's a, a little tenuous, but it keeps the royal theme going. Anthony is the son of Jim and Barbara Royal and generally treated as a dog's body by the family, ordered to do menial tasks such as answering the door, making cups of tea and babysitting Dave and Denise's children, played by the writers of the series Carolina Hearn and Craig Cash. In this interview, he starts by telling me that he actually dropped out of medical school to take on the role. Yeah, I didn't even strictly turn it down. I actually took it and then dropped out, um, which I'm not. I'm not sure is quite uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's not not really the done thing at medical school. <laughs> but did you think it was going to be? Was it a gamble for you? Oh, massively. Yeah, it really was. Um, um, and especially since I, t I dropped out, I started and four weeks later. The royal family came out and things were looking interesting. So let's mm. say. So I dropped out and then I didn't really do anything for a whole year after that. And I was thinking, that was a really, really big mistake. <laughs> but get this, this is the worst thing. I am, um, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe I'm going to admit to this. I didn't even drop out full stop. I told them that I'd been ill. <laughs> And could I have a year off and come back the next year? Oh, no. I was like, yeah, I was like insurance in case I didn't make it by next year. And, uh, well, no, they didn't. Then nobody ever said anything. And then by next year, all of a sudden, a couple of parts started to come in. So I rung them up and I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take my place anymore. Thank you very much. And uh, unless they, they pick up interviews like this and actually put two and two together, they, they'll, they'll never find out. But uh, that's really dodgy. And I do feel really bad because the thing about medical school is there are some 
incredibly committed people who are desperate to be doctors and everything, and yeah. they're going to make great doctors. And there was me messing around thinking I might be an actor instead. It's not something I'm massively proud of, but I do think it's quite funny. <laughs> All right. Did you, you know, think it was going to be that huge success? There was always a feeling that it, it might do well. Because, of course, you know, Caroline was involved and it was this new thing and everything. And, and when we were making it, we couldn't stop laughing. So you always wonder. But the thing with brilliant scripts and brilliant films and brilliant anything is you never really got any guarantee that it's it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, there was a feeling that it might just work. But um, we never thought, we never uh, envisioned that it might it might kick off to the extent that it did. <laughs> Ralph Little from the Royal Family. And that's it for this week. And I promise you, next week, you will hear those interviews from Robert Vaughan from The Man From U.N.C.L.E. and Mike Farrell from M.A.S.H. So please join me again next Friday for another edition of Tales from a Very Minor Celebrity.